Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you at Rogers Place where tonight the Edmonton Oilers play the New York Rangers. Miko Koskinen back in between the twine for the Oilers. He'll face Alex. Alexander Georgiev, not Henrik Lundqvist uh, for the Rangers. That's who we believe is the expected starter. Uh, In this hour and 39 seconds time, Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, who have gone 20-2 in their last 22 games, and one of the great broadcasters in the build, uh, business and in the building tonight, Sam Rosen. The second hour of orders now is brought to you by Digitex. PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software. And now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. We'll tell you, guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, downtown Northside and Sherwood Park. Uh, I got an email from uh, Val in Northeast Colorado. I'm going to read that one about 120 today, just about ticket exchange and, and something that didn't happen in Colorado or was enacted in Colorado that backfired on the Avalanche organization. So I'm going to be intrigued to read that. Uh, but we're going to head off to our River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. Jay Woodcroft is the head coach of the uh, still scaling uh, Bakersfield Condors. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, hey, I got to ask you this. Uh, you guys went one and one this weekend, and I forget the exact shot total, but you lost 4 1 on Friday night in a game that you outshot Calgary, like, or Stockton 37 22 or something to that effect. When you look at the process versus the result, and you tell us whether or not the shots were deceptive or if you thought you guys had a pretty good game and their goalie just stood on his head. Do you handle things differently when you've had the run of success like you have with your team? Um, well, I would tell you that I thought we were right there in that game against Stockton. We had the opportunities um, offensively. Their goaltender was excellent. We gave up 19 shots that night, actually. And uh, we liked a lot of the stuff we were doing. We had a goal called back at the end of the first period uh, because it crossed the line just as the time expired. We did lots of really good things. We took uh, those teachable moments and brought them into our meetings the next day. And uh, we learned from some of the goals that we did give up. And I I really like the response um, of our group heading into a hostile environment in in San Jose who had a pretty decent crowd for their American League team that night. And we had just played them on the Wednesday in their building as well. Um, and beat them on the Wednesday night. So uh, our uh, closest rival, closest competition to where we're at in the standings for us to, uh, to take two on the road in San Jose last week was big. Like I said, the game in Stockton, those things happen sometimes uh, where even though you're playing well, um, you don't get the breaks. But I liked our response. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I, I think it's a little, it's got to be easier when you're winning games. And you know, you know what I mean? Because you're keeping the positive energy there, but you can also have those teachable, you know, teachable moments. But I mean, you guys have gotten clearly, it, we're starting to sound like, here's the irony of the situation, Jay, for the, for the Oilers Entertainment Group right now, right? I mean, the Oilers, the fans are frustrated with the position that the team's in. They're 6-2-2 two two in their last 10 games, and their two losses were against Toronto. And the Maple Leafs have one of the deepest forward groups in the NHL. And, uh, you know, the Edmonton Oil Kings are tied for first right now in the Central Division. they got a game in hand to close out the regular season. Your squad's in for Like, there are some good things happening for the Oilers organization, and there's a lot of good things happening on an individual basis with some of your players as well. That's really exciting moving forward. So it's, for, for you know, for the fan base, the, the, I think they can see that there's something coming down the pipe. And I'm just wondering for you as a coach, like, do you feel it with the group? Uh, with some of the kids you got down there, you're thinking, you know, I'm going to be really intrigued to see where these guys go in the next couple of years. Well, certainly. And what I've really liked about our team on the year as a whole, forget that that we were 20 and two in the last 22 or whatnot. On the year as a whole, I've loved the um, work ethic, the determination, the commitment to using every day as an opportunity to get better. Um, I love the fact that we play a team game, that we worry about the guys that are in our lineup. Our team spirit is great. Um, there's, there aren't any independent contractors on our team, meaning uh, even when the game might not be going our way, we stay within the structure of our group. We believe that if we play the game the right way, we give ourselves a chance to win. doesn't mean you're going to win, but it gives yourself a good chance to win. And I thought earlier in the year we, we found a way to not win some games just on bounces, just on moments within a hockey game, but we were playing well, and we have progressively gotten better on a month-by-month basis, and that is a full credit to the work ethic, determination, effort of the 23, 24, 25 players that we've used this year. Um, it's, it's been a fun group to coach. Well, you know what? You just mentioned something. It doesn't matter who's in the lineup because right now your number one right wing and your second line center are in Edmonton. So Josh Curry, you know, I think he had 17 goals in 19 games when he got recalled. I mean, that guy was sniping for you. That's a big loss for any team at your level. And then, uh, you know, uh, Brad Malone uh, was part of a – I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I think he had – were you playing Gambardella and Russell with him? Like that, that was as yeah, they were great two hundred fine. Right, you could play yeah. that line against anybody. In your, I mean, those for any other like those would be big losses that might affect the success of a minor league team. And you guys have been able to sustain it, even though you haven't had those guys for the last ten to twelve games, which I think reinforces what you're saying. Well, absolutely, and I think it speaks to the the leadership of our group down here, the strength of the group. And what we, when we've absorbed some of those those NHL call-ups, guys going up to the NHL, we've had trades, we've had injuries. The, the thing that we concentrate on, as I said, is trying to get the most out of the group that's in front of us. And that has opened up those call-ups, those trades, those injuries have opened up opportunities for other players to take a step in responsibility, to take a step in, in ice time, to take a step in their personal game. And we've seen some 
the emergence of, of some players here over the last month or so uh, that has been real positive to see. Luke Esposito is on an American Hockey League contract for us, and he's gone up and taken Malone's spot, and he replaced Spooner when Spooner got traded. We've had Evan Poli, another American Hockey League contracted player for our team. That's been an absolute um, great example of what a power forward should be at this level. Has come in and just given us a real push in so many areas of the game. We've had um, we've had David Gust, who's come in and he's on a career season pace. He's also an American Hockey League contracted guy. So as we had a few um, players um, not be around us, either through call-up or trade or, or injury, it's opened up ice time and opportunity for others, and they've, they've run with that mantle of responsibility, and it's a full credit to them. Is it easier for an organization to sell that message as we're joined by Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, in first place in the Pacific Division of the American Hockey League? Is it easier to sell a message to those guys in those AHL deals when they see a guy like Josh Curry? who, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't have him on the radar screen two years ago. See him go from being on an AHL deal, coming up out of the coast, getting himself an NHL deal, and then getting himself some NHL time. Yeah, absolutely. I think, it, number one, it's a credit to our coaches, or sorry, our scouts and our managers that uh, have found these players that are on the margin, so they're able to bring them in on, on American League hockey AHL deals and um, for those players to take that opportunity because that's all it is it's an opportunity to play in the American Hockey League and then build themselves up it's a credit to their their own personal growth their own personal work ethic and determination for Josh to do what he's done uh, as a member of the Bakers for Condors to earn an NHL contract uh, this past summer to have the season that he's had um, this year and then get called up to the, the NHL. I think that does nothing but help uh, the recruiting going forward. But he's not the only one. I mean, he, I mentioned those forwards that have stepped up over the last couple of weeks, but how about uh, Logan Day, who came out of Division Three college? This, this young man is making plays at our level. He has unique offensive instincts. Uh, he's a factor in every game that he plays just on on that offensive dimension that he brings, and I'm real proud that he's a plus player having worked with Dave Manson on a daily basis. So he, he's a, another great find, another great example. Shane Starrett is another great find that um, the management group found out of Air Force and is having a heck of a season. These are all, I believe, positive narratives for our team down here. Well, Logan Day, by the way, has six goals and 31 points in 52 games. He leads Bakersfield's defense uh, in scoring. And, I mean, he made about a about a 120-foot stretch pass to hit Tyler Benson on a breakaway the other night. It was just an absolute beauty. All right, let's get to the specifics of some of the Oilers prospects here. And I guess you could assert they're all Oilers prospects. Uh, Connor Yamamoto did not play the last game uh Jay, uh, is it just a short-term situation for him? Yep, short-term. He took uh, he took a knock on the Friday night, and as a precaution, he didn't play on uh, the Saturday evening. 
It's been a day off here today, so we'll see how he is when he comes to the ring tomorrow, but it'll be a day-by-day thing. It's nothing uh, long-term. Tyler Benson and Cooper Marodi are two of the top four scoring rookie players in the entire American Hockey League. Benson now up to 11 goals and 50 points. He wasn't scoring early. You said it was coming. Well, I think he's got about seven goals in his last 12 games or so. Uh, but 50 points in 56 games. Marodi, 48 points in 46 games. You're playing those two guys a lot. They're pretty dynamic, aren't they? They're, uh, I can't say enough about these two young guys. They're serious professionals. Uh, I feel like I'm running out of adjectives to describe them. I, I believe that both of them have great um, futures in front of them. Uh, what I like about them is their work ethic and their drive to be the best players that they can be. They're always talking hockey. They're serious about their craft. And um, I wish I could say it's, it's surprising to see their, their production and their results, but I don't think it is having been around them on a daily basis. I, you know, these, like I said, these guys are, are two young men with bright futures and happy for the success that they're having. On the back end, we focus so much on, uh, you know, Jones and, uh, Ethan Barrett, <laughs> William Lagasson's outscoring those guys. I mean, he's played more games. We didn't know as much about him. Uh, you've been in our regular weekly updates. I mean, every week you're talking. He had another game where he had a goal and an assist. Uh, yep. This this guy, I, I I don't think for for Oilers fans, they care. They listen to this show and you know they watch. The, you know how passionate our fan base is. They're starting to believe some belief in this player that Edmonton might have something here moving forward, Jay. I uh, I think his play this year, the way he conducts himself on a day-by-day basis, um, the amount of heavy, hard minutes that he's playing, um, I think they bode well for his future. I, this is a young man that is heavy, hard, makes good plays with the puck. Uh, what, I, what I saw, I saw something unique on the Friday night game where we were down and he did a few things um, extra to try and get the team uh, propelled forward, which I thought was excellent. He got out of his comfort zone and, and tried a few things uh, to try and you know get a goal to get back in the game. And I thought it was it was really good for his personal development. Um, he is quiet in our end, meaning he makes good, safe plays with the puck. He is heavy around our net. He um, has found a little bit of an offensive stride in the last month or so. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited about this player moving forward. Ricard Gronberg was in from Sweden uh, and was talking, and he says the Legacy's got something. So, uh, Caleb, it's interesting. Caleb Jones went like five or six games without picking up a point. And for defensemen like Bear and Jones that are supposed to have that dynamic side, uh, at the end of the day, they still have to be able to defend. I'm assuming, do you use Logan Day on your first unit power play, or do you use uh, Barrow Jones on the first unit power play? Looks like we just lost, Jay. Okay, well, uh, we went 18 minutes into that interview, so I think we were pretty good there. That's Jay Woodcroft. He's the head coach of the uh, Bakersfield Condors. I think that's two shows in a row where we've been cut off about 12 to 14 minutes in. Tell you what, we're going to have to uh, pump up the, uh, the the cell phone points there and uh, uh, work on that a little bit. We will tell you, you can text us at 630-630. It is on our Heartland Ford text line, not your small-town dealership, with a huge new 
state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. 121, I'm going to get to some emails and some texts when we return on Oilers Now. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. Milan Lucic skated before the Oilers hit the ice today. I think it's a core issue for him, maybe an oblique. Uh, expected to return to practice tomorrow. Game, He'll take the uh, pregame skate on Wednesday when Edmonton plays the New Jersey Devils if everything goes well. You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers Now. Um, we had lots of commentary on the situation involving the uh, Maple Leafs and the Oilers the other night. But I wanted to get to this text on a slave light that came in at 12.10. Bob, in your pre- or post-game talk Saturday, you talked about Frederick Anderson not in your top 10 list. Is Henrik Lundqvist in your top 10 list right now? And who would be in your top 10? Uh, I, I said Anderson. I think I had Anderson 6 through 10. Jack had him in the top 5. And it's tough to argue that this year. Uh, for, I, I, for me, Anderson 6 through 10. And for the record, you can win a, cu- a cup with a goalie in the top 20. I honestly believe that. Um, so, like, I think the Leafs are going to beat Boston. Top uh, 10 goalies for me in the league. I had, uh, Jonathan Quick when he's healthy. Carey Price. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury. Obviously, Andre Vasilevsky is a uh, a top ten goaltender, top top five goaltender right now in the world. I don't think there's any uh, debate about that. Yes, Henrik Lundqvist for me is still a top ten goaltender in the NHL. Devin Dubnik is like an eight, nine, ten goalie for me in the NHL. You can text us at six thirty, six thirty. Uh, here we go. Mark says, Bob, what goes around comes around. I love the Vegas game where it was big news. How many Oilers fans were there? Lots of Oilers fans at Coyote and Vancouver games, too. No big deal. You have to be, you have to respect the fact that the Leafs have been around for 100 years or whatever. So that regarding the amount of uh, impetus, uh, you know, for the conversation that we opened up the show with today, uh, this text out of Vegreville, Bob, the difference between the Oilers and the Leafs was Frederick Anderson. Well, Frederick Anderson made some tremendous saves. I mean, he robbed Settle twice. He robbed McDavid once. Uh, he got Cassian at the end of the game. The Leafs were better up front. They hit the Oilers on two stretch passes. The Oilers lost a critical faceoff late in the period. Uh, again, you can text us uh, at 630, 630. Haas says, Bob, Tier 1 fans are loyal to the money. Tier 2 fans are loyal to the team. Just saying. You can text us at 630-630. Byron says, Bob, I live in Winnipeg. I go full blue and orange when the orders come to the peg. Well, and and again, part of the Toronto mass that was here is because this is the best leaf season in like 100 years. They're having a hell of a year. They got a good team. Calgary's having a big year, too. 127 in Edmonton. I wanted to get this. So some people took a little bit of issue after the game uh, with the resale ability and, you know, why there were so many Leafs fans here. Interesting thing, and, and again, for me, full prerogative for the fans to go down that path that they want. Totally their call. Okay? Bob, interesting take you guys have on ticket holders, seasons, or one-timers selling their tickets to opposition fans, either intentionally or via ticket exchange. Down here, uh, the Cronkies in uh, 
Colorado. This is Val from the high desert of northeast Colorado. Down here, the Cronkies actually tried to enact punitive measures on people that did that, even going so far as revoking ticket holder rights. They've probably been sued a couple hundred times for that BS. Now, the season ticket holder base is down significantly and probably will never recover. It's dramatically higher loyalty with the AHL team in northern Colorado because Coach Backstrom and Coach Stewart actually like the fan base. Well, again, it's, hey, there is, that mechanism is in place to provide fans with that option. I personally have no problem with it. It was loud. It was fun. It was like uh, a Champions League European soccer game where there's allotment for fans on both sides. And it only happens really once a year. And you know what? You can see that the same confidence level wasn't there with Montreal this season as there was with Toronto because it wasn't near as loud for my And the owners walloped the Canadians 6-2 in that game. Uh, that was uh, the last win that Todd McClellan had as an Oilers head coach. 129 in Edmonton off to a global news weather traffic update. And when we come back, one of the class acts in the business, Sam Rosen, the play-by-play voice of the New York Rangers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.